You've tuned into another episode of Radio Free HPC, the show where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and a variety of high-tech topics. I'm Dan Olds from Intersect 360 Research, joined as always by my co-hosts, Henry Newman of Seagate Government Solutions, Shaheen Khan from Orion X, and our near-millennial standout, Jesse Lanham. In association with our media partner, HPC Wire, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another scintillating edition of Radio Free HPC. I'm Dan Olds, as always, and we have a full crew today. We've got Shaheen Khan from down in the valley. How's it going, Shaheen? Excellent, Dan. It's hot. Hot? How hot? It's like, it was 99 degrees yesterday. Oh, wow. That is hot. That also reached 100. Really? I like it was to even see, higher inland. Like to see a little sweat on those VC brows. That's good. <laughs> We've got Jesse out in West Lafayette, Indiana, the heartland. How's it going out there, Jesse? Hot? It's, it's not bad, actually. It's like a little humid, but it's still quite livable. No complaints. Very nice. Very nice. And speaking of probably the king of heat, we've got Henry S. Newman down at his survivalist compound in Las Cruces, New Mexico. What's the temperature, Henry? The temperature right now is 87 going to 101, but the humidity is minus 14%. Nice. Kind of low. Very nice. Very nice. We're heading up into the 80s today and going to see maybe 100 this week. We will see. We're going to be 107 on Sunday, which we've, we've been smashing records on a daily basis. There's a mega drought, basically. Yes. Thank God for the 23 and a half inch concrete walls you have, Henry. Rammed earth. Rammed earth. earth. Yep. Hells yeah. Still, still above the line on producing solar versus using, using electricity. So nice. uh, it's all good. So Dan, what do we got to talk about today? Well, yeah. With that in mind, let's talk about quantum computing. How's we that haven't for a ever talked about, <laughs> we haven't ever talked on, about quantum computing. While we're on the topic of, of the rammed atmosphere earth. and your rammed earth walls, quantum. it's a natural segue into Microsoft's view of quantum computing. Well, you know, said earth is so rammed that quantum effects have been observed. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's even, even more masterful. And uh, they did an interview <laughs> with uh, Matthias Troyer, who is Microsoft's distinguished scientist and deep into quantum computing. He's going to be doing a keynote about this at ISC, which, by the way, everybody get out there and register for ISC. It's a good conference. That'd be the International Supercomputing Conference? The International Supercomputing Conference. A very fine event, yes. Where is it this and evening? While a virtual. Oh, okay. Never mind. Continue on. Go it's on virtual this year, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. That'll be on the inner Google. So you can just check that out on the Google. <laughs> I don't know why I'm uh, going to ask. But yeah, I believe. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just... Such a dumb, hopeful kid on this show. But it's a nice interview. Maybe a little softballish, as Henry pointed out in our pre call. Or would you say, Henry, wiffle ball? I used wiffle ball as my terms. It's well beyond a softball for the interview, in my opinion. 
It's still interesting. And I want to it's tell not you, about got you. It's about getting details of what th- this person really thinks is going to happen and why. And it's I see. I'm, but I'm not Henry. I'm not a jerk. You're not a guy who played a lot of wiffle ball, though. If you were professional front yard wiffle ball, you would know <laughs> that you can get some nasty, nasty curves on a wiffle ball pitch. Just saying. Mm, maybe even injuries. Well, no, because it's a <laughs> wiffle ball. But You know, one of the things he points out in here that we haven't really talked about is that quantum machines are much slower, much lower clock rates, or will be, than traditional supercomputers. And with that, it's going to be really slow to load in data. So he calls out right in front of everybody that quantum machines are not going to solve your big data problem. Not even close. Well, well it's hard to get data machines into that. Are, yeah. yeah, but quantum machines are designed to optimize a solution set. And you're, you you give it a set of character you know criteria, and you're looking for an optimization problem. It's not exactly for, you know you know I arithmetic, Dan, and you should be thankful for that. I agree. I hate I God I triple E. <laughs> it doesn't even obey the laws of mathematics, and those are laws, Henry, the communicative law of math. I know, Dan, A plus I know. B plus C always equals the same thing. And oh, I, no, I, and I, not and under. I I apologize to the audience. I went down a rat hole again. Do not get me started on this. Okay. I think it's important. Let's go, let me, is a different animal. Yeah, and I, I wonder how many people out there genuinely. I mean, obviously, we're talking to like an HPC crowd, but if we if we open that up to just like computer professionals in general, I wonder how many people actually do know that quantum is slower than the average like HPC cluster when it comes to these sort of issues. Do you? Is but that it's not slower know? because it's obviously way faster. Well, I, I just think it's a different, entirely different animal, so you can't compare it with the same metrics. So quantum computing doesn't operate based on gigahertz. It operates entirely differently. And therefore, if you find the right algorithms for it, it could be you know, 10,000 times faster for that algorithm. And it's got formulated differently, and you're approaching it differently. You know, If you're trying to code a matrix multiply into a quantum computer, yeah, then it probably is slower because it's not going to operate the same way. It's all kind of these you know, probability distributions and Hilbert spaces and amplitudes. And at the end, it's going to get collapsed into some answer. And it's just, it's just different, right? Yes. Completely different animal. And I, I mean, I think that the, what we're going to see quantum as it's going to be a lot like a GPU and probably, think, probably costs the same too as no, GPUs no, today. Dan, you need Dan, 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 Dan. Henry, or like a GPU, it, would you provide a little better description than that? Because otherwise, people might think lesser of you. It's going to be an accelerator. Yes, it'll be hanging off of something it'll as an accelerator, bolted on, yes. hanging on. And unlike GPUs, it will be happy with that designation. It doesn't have an identity crisis of am I the real CPU or am I an accelerator? Am I a Yes, you know, an attached processor. God forbid, right? They don't. They don't mind being an attached processor. No, but uh, so right now there are like three broad categories of quantum computers. There's the superconducting, supercooled variety, 
then there is the trapped ion, trapped atom, and then there's the photonics. And each one of them has challenges to go mainstream. Nobody's really broken away yet. You know, photonics has, uh, has promise because it's, it can operate at room temperature and photons are plentiful and we can you know, eventually get them to get entangled, but that's the problem. It's too probabilistic is that uh, you, know, you don't know when you're going to get one. And when you do, how are you going to hold it in place while you get a few others? And some people are kind of doing the brute force, just redundant optics in a big way. The superconducting, of course, it requires cryogenics. That's expensive. Maybe it'll get solved in the future. And then trapped ion is, seems to be more promising right now. They get really good quantum volume at low qubits, but then the noise in trapped ion apparently scales exponentially. So as you add qubits, it becomes more and more difficult. And I don't think anybody's cracked that code yet. And plus, you've always been a shill for the trapped ion lobby. Actually, no, not, not really. I kind of right now favor photonics as a... Really? If I, yeah, if I had to put a, put, put, put a bet on it, I would say photonics probably ultimately maybe the better. Now, there are also spin electron that, that you know people are, like Intel are doing. And... That also has promise, but the, 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 the trap, and all of them, by the way, need cryogenic somber. Yes. Even, even trapped ion does, even, even photonics. The, photonics, the detectors need to be chilled. Oh, okay. The reality you is mentioned that, that, it, that it could operate at room temperature, and I'm not familiar they with operate that. at room temperature, yeah. I mean, okay. eventually, I think all of them may be able to solve it by either localizing the cooling or like finding other ways. But because you're trying to get interactions just so you know you don't want it to interact too much you also don't want it to interact not at all it needs to be entangled and chilling it helps by controlling you know the, the interactions with the people you don't want it to interact you know and what i'm concerned about and this takes us in a little bit of a different direction is that quantum is being seen by some particularly those that haven't really investigated it or know about it is kind of a panacea. Oh, when we have quantum, this will be easy. That'll be easy. It'll be no big deal. That is not going to be the case. It's no, still going to be things, yeah. for, for some things like Henry was talking about. Can you give um, some examples of like what types of, of issues that maybe people think it's going to solve that it's not necessarily the best case? I think the first one came up in one of our first sentences where I was talking about how it's not going to solve the big data problem, <laughs> that, that this is not going to be the type of system you can feed a bunch of data into and expect a result. It's, it's going to be very slow on those types of things. Yeah, to just set things up, it takes a while, right? Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that a classical computer is much, much better at. And... Um, Go yeah, ahead. It was always a problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Regardless of technology, Henry can tell you. Oh, yeah. And this guy actually points out to Matthias that we can do about a billion more operations per second on a classical chip that we have today than on a future quantum computer we plan to build. But oh, a future quantum computer we plan to build that's the public roadmaps. That's not really what's going to get built. Agree. Agree. But what all his, his point there is that classical computers can do, you know, a billion times more. Than more at more IEEE arithmetic. I agree. I with know. That God, too. I hate IEEE. Oh, it doesn't obey 
the laws of nature, in fact. I don't know how the hell that got through that committee. It's an abomination, Henry. I tell you, it's an abomination. Dan, I think don't get me started on I think we've heard, heard this before about I triple arithmetic. I hate it, Henry. Well, I've you don't heard have that problem with quantum Dan, computing. That I you think everyone on the planet Earth is aware of your disdain for I triple arithmetic. At least twelve of them. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to get off on that tangent again. I'm not going to let you wind me up about this. There are a lot of things that quantum is not going to solve. But one thing that we really need is for quantum to help out on security. Or the opposite. Quantum. Yeah, what about quantum? Going- like, <laughs> cryptography and quantum is always like a huge hot topic. In principle. In principle, well, quantum will break security. If the bad guys get quantum first, yes. Right. But, so, okay, so I have a, I have a question about this. Yeah. What what does quantum mean like if anything for like the cryptocurrency community when it comes to blockchain and that sort of thing? Well, I will say uh, the first thing first thing at risk with cryptocurrency and blockchain is that they as far as I'm aware and Shane, you would correct me if I'm wrong, they're using SHA-256 for their cryptographic hash. Well, SHA-256 is pretty well known that it is not quantum resistant and therefore blockchain uh, quantum will be broken badly and quickly. So that would be my first concern. Shaheen, do you have a comment? Yes. There are a couple of coins that are using quantum resistant cryptography. Isn't like, didn't they say like Ethereum with its like smart contract setup is theoretically perhaps quantum resistant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's the protocol itself that needs to employ quantum resistant cryptography, and and of course because blockchain has this immutability that goes all the way back to the very first transaction, you also have the history that you have to go fix. And and, and by the way, you better fix it before someone's got a quantum computer, because if you go back to the origin, that's the last, the last thing you want blockchain to be broken it with. Yes. Right. But it all seems to be doable and on course to be doable that the solution comes before the attack. I mean, the the largest number that they have factorized, at least publicly announced, is, you know, the number 21. So Mm. we've got ways to go to get to, you know, the 2000 digit numbers that that the cryptocurrencies use right now or uh, cryptography uses right now. There are also these new algorithms that NIST is tracking, like, you know, lattice arithmetic or some really complicated, you know, geometric, et cetera, that I don't understand even the names of. There are two two algorithms that they're putting forth as potential quantum resistant algorithms. And my understanding is in the next couple of years, they will pick one and we will be going with one of the algorithms as the, you know, replacement for for quantum, well, quantum resistant replacement. But, you know, there yeah. are people are, you, it's going to take a while because people got to be, you know, spin silicon to run these algorithms. Sure. And then you've got the whole key management issue and entropy and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. That doesn't account for all the data that's already being stored. 
Right. For everything's got to be everything's got to be read in and redone. No, no, but you know the bad guys already have a repository of data, so that they've got. Yeah. Petabytes. So you have to hope that they won't go after it, or if they do, they don't find anything interesting. Or yes. that everything gets changed. And that was my point, Jesse, is before a quantum computer comes out, we've got to change algorithms ahead of that, not behind it. And do you think with like our current history of implementing even just like cybersecurity patches and, and standards and all of that, that that's actually going to happen? And Jesse, that's kind of the segue as far as I'm concerned is, Dan, is there any reason no one should be on the internet ever? No, no, those I don't think there is. For, yes. I think we're pretty good security wise right now, aren't we, Henry? No, I've got the, the as long security. As you don't have it. I don't. Well, I just see sunny skies <laughs> ahead. Yeah, well, the dark cloud. Let me tell you about the dark cloud of the week. Uh oh. Yeah. Is this a bad Are one? Mean, it's either Are they bad or a good one. Bad ones, Stan? No, no, some of them are good ones. Like, <laughs> good, bad the ones. Issue, good, bad the ones. The issue to me is not bad or good because they're all bad. The issue to, today in my mind is that there has to be penalties for people who are irresponsible or you're not going to have change. It's kind of like, do you put a you know, bang newspaper next to your dog when it pees on the floor or as part of your training? Do you, you know... Or do you get, you've got to scold the person who does something bad. And what Krebs broke this morning was, in my opinion, horrifically bad. So there's a company called First American Financial. It's on the NYSE, leaked 800 million documents containing sensitive financial data, real estate transactions, going back not one year, not 10 years, not 15 years, but 16 years. Who? Now, anyone want to guess the penalty they paid for leaking 800 million documents? I'm going to guess maybe five grand. Two orders of magnitude off, but it's less than a <laughs> dollar a document. Oh, wow. It's less than a, they paid a half million dollars for 800 million documents. So that's, that's you know, less than a penny a document almost. It's absurd. So that's crazy. how do you, how do you how does the board of directors of that company and the management get punished in any way, nor the stockholders who demands better security? If we don't demand better security, we're not going to get better security. Back to what you were saying, Jesse. But we need a metaphorical squirt bottle for the cat of data. Get no, we need we need a shot no. collar. Okay. Or a that shotgun. Tar and feathering, says Henry. Public exactly. shaming, the fines public don't work. Potatoes well, and tomatoes thrown at people in the stocks. Well, the fines, the fines don't work, Jesse. That's for sure. No, no not in that magnitude. Not, so what do you, what do you think is a what do you think is a good alternative then? I think that first time it's gotta be a fine based on the scale of it, the number of identities that were released and the details, and I would have an algorithm for that and make that go, I would cap it on 20% of revenue. Do you think 0.000625 cents per document is a good number or a bad number? Very bad number. Bad number. Very that's bad number. By, I think that's off by three orders of magnitude. Uh-huh. 
I would like to see the, on the first time that it's some algorithm, but it's capped at maybe 20% of your last year's revenue. Second time, it's capped at 50% of your revenue. Third time, you can't do business anymore. You're delisted from the stock exchange. I don't think you can do the, the probably third can't do that third one because the, because the federal government doesn't control the stock exchange. No. but no. the other two are, are possible. But it should be some percentage of revenue because that's the only way the shareholders are going to feel it. Yep, and that's the only way the board of directors are going to make it a priority for management. Well, so I am, that, I am that could be another level that you make them change out the board. So Dan, you know, you get rant about what I would, you know, the arithmetic. I rant about this and I feel the same way you feel about IEEE arithmetic in terms of the fines necessary to evoke a change in our uh, way people do things. Find them senseless, I say. I agree. Yes. And that's my good news for the week, folks. What do you think, Gene? Weigh in uh, on this. I think that they don't have the tools to know where the risks are. So I think the way I see it is that it needs to be part of a more holistic risk management system that tell, that allows management to at least have a feel for where their exposure might be. You're the saying thing that's that interesting. the scan isn't good enough? Well, that's just cyber security part of it. But I think the more holistic way of protecting these critical infrastructures includes physical and includes digital and includes employees Employee, includes, inside you know, outside the whole the whole thing and and but, if you have a truly holistic 360 view of it if you're able to present it as such to management i think you can get more action because but here's something the to thing act you'll get more action if you could potentially be fined up to 20 percent of your revenue insurance premiums on cyber stuff would go way the hell up you'd also have companies forming that would develop those tools to give you that holistic view uh just putting the magnitude of the fines up that high is something that will get a lot of market forces acting in concert to address it right and that will get their management's attention if you're running the risk of a 20 percent hit yeah yeah agreed agreed yeah anyway well this was a Great episode of Radio Free HPC. Maybe can we use quantum computing to address this risk issue. We it needs to be addressed so immediately. Data, Shaheen, Shaheen right. it needs to be addressed immediately. We can't wait that long. That's true. Henry, we should start a twenty percent or or bust initiative. I'm I'm with you, Dan. It's the only way it's going to get changed. Wow, you guys agree on regulations? Yeah, we do. We do. On that stunning bombshell, let's go ahead and call this an episode of Radio Free HPC. Want to thank you all for being out there. And because you're out there, we'll be here. Thanks again. <laughs> and I want to encourage you to keep listening until you stop. Yay! Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. Reach out to us on email at podcast at Radio Free HPC or via Twitter at Radio Free HPC. As a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thanks again for listening.